Father, we stand so amazed in your presence. You are so gracious. You are so kind. You are so good. You are so faithful. God, we put all our faith, our hope, our trust in you and you alone. God, it's a joy. It's with joy that we worship you. It's with joy that we serve you and put you first and live for you because there is no one greater, higher than you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Palm Beach Community Church. Man, I enjoy being here. Great job, team. Just awesome job, man. Yeah. Well, if we haven't met before, my name is uh, Ray Underwood, one of the pastors here at Palm Beach Community Church, and we want to welcome you. If you're a guest or you're a newcomer or new around here, we want you just to feel at home and just uh, to love this place like we love this place. Uh, at this time, if you'll reach into your program and grab that comment card, if you take about 30 seconds right now, all of you, and fill that out, we would appreciate it. We'd love to get your comments and feedback. Uh, we'd love to stay connected to you, and if you just take a second and fill that out, it'd be great. As you're filling that out, those of you that are new or here for the first time, just give us as much information as uh, you feel comfortable in sharing, and we never share that information with anybody else. And uh, so we'd love to know, uh, especially if you're a guest this morning, how you found out about Palm Beach Community Church. Now, as you're filling out that comment card, let me tell you about two exciting things. It's all happening next week. We have our, our Remember and Respond fall concert next Sunday. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be one of these events that you're going to sit there thinking, oh, I wish I would have got my mother here. I wish I would have got my sister here. I wish I would have got my friend here. So please help us right now. Get the word out. We put in your program this morning some of these invite cards. You need some more. Go by the information kiosk. Help us get the word out. It's going to be a phenomenal event. And uh, the worship arts team showed me everything. They went through everything this past week. And I'm pumped. It's going to be excellent um, and really excited about it. Uh, also, if you uh, Facebook or if you tweet, you tweet us, face us, whatever. I got that right. Tweet for us. Facebook. Post. Post? You post? Okay, post. Um, you do that, and you might get a honey bag cam. So take advantage of that. You can find out more information about that in the program. And immediately following the concert, we've got a, a uh, children's festival all up and down Main Street. We should have a couple thousand people here. Um, it's our chance as a church to give back and serve all kinds of fun activities for the kids to do that are free. I think everything's free except for the ponies. Got to pay to ride the ponies, all right? And all kinds of great stuff. And uh, if you want to serve, want to help us in giving back and loving and supporting our community, on the back of that card is places where you can sign up for. I think any of us could be a bounce house bouncer. Um, so uh, look at that. Sign up. Be a part of that day. I think you'll enjoy it more if you give and if you serve and if you're part of it. And I'm really looking forward to our, 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 our fall festival and just everything we're going to be doing uh, next Sunday on Main Street. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, today we're concluding our series looking in the study of 1 John where we've been learning about God and experiencing God, embracing God and loving God. And today we're going to be talking about worshiping God. Now reach back into your program. Grab your uh, message outline as, as Brent comes.
Well, good morning. Um, I'm privileged to be able to be here this morning. Um, it's been a crazy day for me. Our routine, our schedule's been a little different, but I'm excited about the opportunity to be here. And um, so I'm looking forward to being able to conclude our series as we talk about getting real and losing the mask. Um, for those of you that don't know, and we're still getting to know each other a little bit, I grew up in Indiana. I'm from the promised land. And um, no, seriously, I think like, you know, that's in the Bible somewhere that God's going to reestablish his kingdom in Indiana. So, but um, when you grow up in Indiana, you have no choice but to love basketball. Um, we are the greatest basketball state. Florida has football, you know, different places. And, but Indiana is the basketball state. Now, there's some people in Kentucky that think they are, and there's some in North Carolina that think they are. Y'all are wrong. Indiana is, okay? And I grew up in the golden era of Indiana basketball. Coach Knight was the coach there, and it was the best time ever. And I grew up a fan. In our driveway, we had two basketball goals. In one driveway, we had two goals. We had the regular 10-foot goal that you could shoot threes on, you could work on your post game, do all these other things. And then we had the, the, the wooden backboard that was just screwed into the light pole that was dunk height. And I had to go up a little bit each year as my brother was taller than I. Um, but, but we would play on both of these goals, and we just loved basketball. I grew up loving basketball, and, and it was reflected if you ever went into my bedroom. I had a huge, um, probably four foot by eight foot, um, I, I don't know if shrine is the right word, but you might call it that, and it was just plastered with Los Angeles Lakers stuff. Now, it's interesting that as a, as a Hoosier, I wasn't a Boston Celtic fan with Larry Bird, right? But I hated the Celtics, absolutely hated the Celtics, still do. Sorry, Charbel, but, um, but, I, but, but I love, actually, not so much anymore because I like their new head coach there in Boston, but um, I grew up a Lakers fan, and my favorite player by all was Magic Johnson. I loved Magic Johnson. You have to realize that I was about six or seven years old when they won the national championship, and so I saw him, you know, win their first NBA title and start winning MVPs and multiple titles. I was, I had posters, I had pennants, I had shirts, I had Wheaties boxes, I had everything Los Angeles Lakers, and I grew up this huge fan. And there was one experience that I remember when I was probably about 10 or 12 years old. And um, Hubie Brown and, and Magic Johnson had come to Indianapolis to put on um, kind of a, a clinic type of thing. And there was an opportunity to, to get autographs. And, and, and my dad made it happen that we were going to go and we were going to hear and, and listen. And, and I endured Hubie Brown for about an hour. And then I listened to Magic Johnson for about 30 minutes. And, and, and I, it was, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. And at the end of it, they had an autograph table where you could go by and you could stand in line. You could get autographs. This is a true story. We had waited in line for about 45 minutes, and I was the next person in line to get my autograph, and Magic had to leave. This is my hero, right? My childhood hero, and I was just bawling. I mean, like, I was just crying. I was devastated, um, and, and like, we followed him out as they were going, and he wouldn't stop and give any more autographs because he knew that if he gave one, he'd have to give a second, he'd have to give a third. Have to, so he patted me on the head. Now, here's the man 6'9", you know, his hand pretty much covered my whole face. Um, but he patted me on the head and said, sorry, I got to go. Now, I was devastated I didn't get the autograph, but I was excited that my hero, my idol, the guy I looked up to, the guy I, I practically worshipped, the guy I had a shrine built to in my, in my bedroom, had taken time to make contact with me like that. That he had gone out of his way to at least say, I'm sorry. You know, he had that big electric smile, and he just kind of like... 
that's cool, magic, it's all right, you know. You know, I called him up later and we hung, it was all right. But I grew up with him kind of as, as, as my idol. How many of you grew up with, with somebody that, that you looked up to like that? Some of you probably did. Um, and, and somebody that you would go back to and say, man, whatever they did is what I wanted to do. Today we're going to talk about idols in our lives. Now it's interesting we would talk about idols, and I'm talking about Magic Johnson. Um, and, and Dr. Ray talked about worshiping. And how does this all come together? Well, we've been in a series talking about getting real with God, about losing the mask. We've been on a journey through the book of 1 John. And if you have a Bible or a tablet or um, if you have the app on your phone or whatever, I want to encourage you to turn to the New Testament and find the book 1 John. Now, there's a bigger book called John, but that's not where we are. If you turn to the right a little bit, almost to the very end, you'll find a book called 1 John. And we're going to be in the fifth chapter as we close out this series. Looking at it, we've looked at the idea of experiencing God and following God and having fervent devotion. We've talked about embracing God and the fact that we are a child of the King. We've talked about loving God and the importance of loving God and how that's manifested in how we love each other. Today, we're going to look at the idea and the conclusion that John gives us in 1 John chapter 5, the idea of worshiping God. Now, if you'll join me as I read in 1 John chapter 5, verse, we'll start in verse 13. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. And jump down to verse 18. Verse 18, John writes, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know, verse 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is the true, he is the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Verse 21, little children, this is his conclusion, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't mean to be critical because I believe that, you know, God spoke to people and that's how we got the Bible, but is that not one of the worst endings ever? I mean, you think about it and you go back and you read a lot of books of the Bible and it's like, you know, my dear loved ones, keep this in mind and don't forget what I've said here and they brought, bring it to a nice conclusion. But you ever watch that movie that you're totally engrossed into it, or you're reading this book and you're absolutely dumbfounded by it, and it's just, you're just going on and going on, and it's awesome and it's great, and all of a sudden you just get to the end. It's like, what? What just happened? It's like they ran out of film or something, or they ran out of budget, and they're just like, oh, I might as well just end here. It's kind of like what you get the feeling that John, maybe he got sick and, and, and had set it on the counter, and someone just kind of came along and put it in the mail and mailed it, and he wasn't even done. It's a weird ending. He's going through talking about love. He's talking about being real with God. He's talking about all these different things. And then there's this huge disconnect. And the very last verse that we're given, hey, by the way, stay away from idols. Peace. It's like, w wait a minute, what? Where is this coming from? How does this connection happen? What, what, what are you talking about idols? You haven't mentioned idols once in this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, that's how you're going to close out the letter? What exactly are you talking about? John is telling us this, and this is, I think, the first thing in your notes there. John is telling us this, 
God is real with us. We need to be real with him. God is real with us. We need to be real with him. You see, for John, and we're going to look at this in just a second, for John, this final thing, keep yourselves from idols, it's a natural outflow of everything he has set up to this point. When we look at it, because of the imagery we have in our minds regarding idols, we don't see how it fits together. But if you go back and look at verse 20, notice what he says. He says, we know that the Son of God has come. He who is true, him who is true, he is true. Three times in one verse, he talks about the fact that God is true. God is real. God is being real for us. And therefore, since God is being real with us, since he's the true God, since God is being real with us, we need to be real with him and therefore have nothing else that takes his place. Keep yourselves from idols. John sees it as a natural outflow. Being real with God means keeping yourselves from idols. John says he is real with us, we should be real with him, and that includes keeping ourselves from idols. You know, idolatry is an interesting thing. We don't talk about idolatry much um, anymore. In, in today's culture, we may have different ideas and different things, but I'm just curious to know, when you think of an idol, I, I expressed Magic Johnson a little bit ago as an idol of mine, but when you think of the word idol, what comes to mind? Anybody? Money? Do we have some pictures up there? There we go. How many of you thought of Billy Idol? Anybody think of Billy Idol? Nobody thought of uh, One person thought of Billy Idol. There you go. Um, American Idol, right? You know, I came in 17th on that show one time. I, they didn't have, ever have me on TV. I was kind of behind the scenes. Not really. I'm just lying. I, I, some of your jaws hit the floor. I saw Brooke go like, what? So, no. But you think of American Idol and what we portray as an idol. Now, some people may have thought like an actual figure, uh, a, a statue, and we have the golden, um, the golden calf up there, and, and how you, that may come to mind is that people worship an object like that. Different people have different ideas of what an idol is. We see up there, we saw up there what a different um, picture it may be. The original language, when it talks about idols, talks about a likeness. It, it even means the word phantom. It's a fake. Basically, an idol is not the real thing. Next thing on the outline there, when it talks about idols and talks about being connected to idols, idolatry is the enemy. Idolatry is the enemy of a living, real relationship with God. It is the enemy. You see, when you begin to place things in competition with God, it becomes an enemy. Think about the word enemy. Now, we, we tend to look at ourselves as enemies in a light context. For example, Dolphins fans are enemies with Jets fans and Patriots fans and everybody else fans. You know, Gators and Knowles can't coexist. Any of you watch college football on a grand scale? Um, the Iron Bowl's coming up. You know, Alabama versus Auburn. It's a huge thing that's coming up. They would consider them to be enemies. Now, they aren't really enemies, but you get the idea of this combating, can't-get-along type of thing. And idolatry is the enemy of having a real relationship with God. They cannot coexist. You can't have a real relationship with God and yet pursue something that's fake and false they cannot coexist. An idol is this. An idol is anything that hinders our relationship with God. An idol is anything that hinders our relationship with God. Now, 
Let's go back and look at this and break this down a little bit. When we talk about anything, what's included in that category? Now, I know Dr. Ray has trained us that anytime the question is asked from the platform, you say Jesus, but they don't really fit in this context, right? So thinking back to this, what does anything include? Everything, anything. I can tell you this, it does not include nothing. It does not include something. It includes everything. It includes anything. So if there is anything in our lives that causes us to be hindered, which is slowed, stopped, paused, whatever word you want to put in there, it is an idol. Because an idol is anything that hinders our relationship with God. But let's talk about what idols are. Let's talk about, we've seen their destructive behavior. What exactly are we talking about when we talk about idols? Idols can be a false god, like we had a statue up there, and some people may choose to, to follow a statue or give value or, or worth to, to, to a false god. Or it can be a false image of a true God, of the one true God. Now understand there's a, there's a major difference between those two. Some of us give our attention and our time and our response to something that's false altogether. And some of us may give it to a false image of the true God. If you go all the way back to the Ten Commandments, the second commandment, God says, you can't have any images of me. Why? Because it's a false idea of who the real God is. And sometimes we begin to worship the idea of who God is versus the real God and who he really is. Some of us have a, have a mental picture of God as being the great Santa Claus in the sky. That's a false image of who God is. Some of us have an image of God being the great principal in the sky with the big paddle, and that's all he does is go around and discipline people. That's a false image of the true God. Both of those, a false God or a false image of the true God, are idols. But this is where it really starts to kind of hit me anyway between the eyes. Idols can be obvious or they can be subtle. Idols can be obvious and or they can be subtle. Obvious talks about, you know, the golden calf and, and having this thing that you actually bow down to and you may pray to and you may give alms to and you offer up sacrifices to. This obvious thing that sticks out. The subtle thing is where most of us get into trouble. The subtle things are the things that we give value to that hinder us in our relationship with God. Remember, that's what an idol is. An idol is anything that hinders our relationship with God. That means we could have an idol called career. We could have an idol called wealth. We could have an idol called children. We could have an idol called family. We could have an idol called hobby. Those are the subtle things that get in the way of our pursuit of a real relationship with God. I would venture to say that probably most of us, now I'm not going to include everybody, but most of us do not go home and, and get down in front of a golden altar and light a couple of candles and, you know, bow down and, and, and say a bunch of words. We probably don't do that. But I would also go out on a limb and say that most of us at some time, if not even today, have had the idol of a hobby, have had the idol of a career, Something that has kept us from, pre, from keeping God in the primary spot. Idolatry is the worship 
of false things. Idolatry is the worship of false things. Now, you may say, well, I don't worship my family. I don't worship my kids. I don't worship my hobbies. I don't worship. Maybe you do and you just don't realize it. Maybe we do worship these things and we just have never connected the dots before. I don't worship money. I mean, it's nice to have and it's good, but I don't really worship it. I don't worship my career. It's important. I have ambition. I don't have the, you know, I don't worship my career. I'm just an ambitious person. The original word worship comes from two old English words. One meaning, um, which is way earth, which we've gotten the word worth. And the other one is the word Skype, which eventually means quality. Therefore, worship is this. Worship is anything given value to. Worship is anything given value to. You see, a lot of times, if you've been in church for any length of time, and many of you probably haven't, but you think of singing songs on Sunday morning as being worship. That's, that's a time of worship. And, and you know, you, give, you, you dedicate 23 minutes to, to, to two upbeat songs and one slow reflective song on a Sunday morning, and, 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 and you clap on the fast ones, and you close your eyes on the slow ones, and that's worship. No, that's not, that, that's, that's not worship. Worship is when you give value to something. In the original understanding of the word worth-ship, that's what it means, giving value to. So let me ask you, do you value your career? Well, most of you probably would. Do you value your children? Yeah. Do you value your spouse? Hopefully. Do you value your hobbies? Yes, or you wouldn't spend money doing them, right? You say, well, is that really worship? Do you give time? Do you give energy? Do you give effort? Do you give thought? Now let me ask you the really, really hard question. Do any of those things get more of your value than you give to God? You see, worship is our response. Worship is our response with our mind, our emotions, our body, our will, and our time to that which we value. Worship is our response. So whatever you think of and whatever you give value to, you find yourself giving worship to it. Just let that soak in just for a minute. It's not easy. Now you understand why John concluded his letter with this. One final thought for you to chew on. Keep yourselves from idols. The real question we need to ask ourselves today is this. What do we really worship? What do we really worship? What gets the most of our mind? What gets the most of our attentions? What gets the most of our body and our time and our, our resources? And not just the most, but what gets the first? Do we tend to find ourselves in our relationship with God giving him our leftovers? Have we expended everything we have in our resources? And then if we have anything left at the end of the day, we might throw God a bone and, and put in a little bit into the offering. Do we find ourselves at the end of the day, you know what, I, I haven't prayed today, I haven't connected with God, I haven't taken time to meditate on him today. You know what, right before I go to bed, I got 30 seconds before I zonk out. Let me just, let me just do that right now. Do we give him our leftovers or do we give him our first? Do we give him our best? The question is, is what do we really worship? That's why John says, God has been real with us. We need to be real with him. Little children, keep 
yourselves from idols. If there's one main thing I want you to walk away with today, it's this. If you can forget everything else I've said up to this point, but I want you to remember this. If it keeps you from getting closer to God, it needs to go. If it keeps you from getting closer to God, it needs to go. Now, some of you say, well, what is it? What is it for me is going to be different than what is it for you. Whatever it is in your life, anything, remember, anything that hinders you in your relationship with God is an idol. If it keeps you from growing closer to God, then it needs to go. We need to uproot it, throw it out, and get rid of it. That's what John says. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. I, remember, I want to read a quote from a pastor in New York. His name is Tim Keller. Um, in one of his books called Counterfeit Gods, he, he wrote this. And it's a lengthy quote. Um, I think it'll be up on the screen for you to follow along. Tim Keller writes this. He says, idolatry is not just a failure to obey God. It is a settling of the whole heart on something besides God. This cannot be remedied only by repenting that you have an idol or by using willpower to try to live differently. Turning from idols is not less than those two things, but it is also far more. It is appreciation, rejoicing, and resting in what Jesus has done for you. It entails joyful worship, a sense of God's reality in prayer. Jesus must become more beautiful to your imagination, more attractive to your heart than your idol. That is what will replace the idols of your heart. And listen to this final sentence here. If you uproot the idol and fail to plant the love of Christ in its place, the idol will grow back. If you uproot it, but don't replace it, the idol will grow back. So what's the application for today? The application for today is basically what Tim just said. Remove and replace. Remove and replace. Recently at our home, we've, had, um, we've been the benefactor of some people that have taken care of our yard work. I'm terrible at yard work, absolutely horrible at it. At one time, you couldn't see our house from the curb because there were so many weeds covering it. Um, we kind of had to take a machete to get to the front door every day. It might be a slight exaggeration, but the point remains is I'm not very good at it. But since that has happened, they've come, somebody's come through and cleaned up everything, and, and now I know what color our house is, and I, now we have a backyard for the first time, and all these wonderful things have taken place. See, I used to go out there with a weed eater, you know, and I'd just knock it down as low as it could possibly go. You know what the bad thing about using a weed eater is? It just grows back. I didn't know that. I, I just thought if you whacked it, then it was gone. I mean, isn't that what mobsters do? They whack things and they never come back. So I just thought if you took your weed whacker out there, it'd never grow back. But the reality is, is you actually have to, if you want to remove weeds, you actually have to pull them. That's a lot of work. That's hard. It's not easy to do. And here's the other thing is, is if you pull it and don't put something else there, then guess what? It just looks really, really bad. The same thing is true in our spiritual lives. If all we do is say, I'm sorry, then guess what? We've not removed it. It's just going to come right back. We have to get in and uproot it and pull it out and remove it. The Bible uses the word repent, which means whatever direction you're going, you're willing to turn 180 degrees and go the opposite way. 
Some people, when they talk about their journey with God and they talk about, you know, I was going one direction and then I met God and I made a 360 degree turn. Have you ever noticed how wrong that is? Think about it. Oh, you know, I came in contact with God and then I just made a whole 360 degree turn and you just go back the same way you're going. But repent is 180 degrees going the opposite direction of the way you were. We have to remove it, but then we have to replace it with something else. We have to make sure that, that what we spend our time and our energy and our effort is not on the things of, of this world, but instead on the things of God. We're able to remove that which is bad and replace it with that which is of value, which is God. Anything that hinders us, anything that keeps us from growing closer to God, it has to go. You see, John had seen God. He was a friend of Jesus, was even called the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. He spent three years of his life, every single day, following Jesus. He saw the real deal every day, in and out, never changed, always the same. He saw God as the real deal. And he says, God has been real with us. And the question is, is will we be real with him? We all worship something. We all give value to something. The question is, what do we worship? What do we give our value to? John challenges us with this. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And when we do that, we find that the masks that we wear in our lives, the, the fake facade that we put up in front of people, and even the, the, the fake the veneer that we wear in front of God, it disappears it goes away, and we're just authentic with others. We're authentic with him, and we find ourselves being real, just like he is with us. Would you join me as I ask God to help us here this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we close out our time in prayer? Maybe you're here today, and you've never gotten to that place where um, you've crossed the line of faith. Maybe you've never been real enough with God to admit that you need um, something outside of yourself to, to make this world make sense. And if you're here today and you've got something inside of you that's just kind of telling you, man, you need to do something different. Let me tell you, you cannot do it on your own because Jesus has already done it on the cross. God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. And if you believe in him, you can have everlasting life. And if you're here today and you've never received that, that gift of um, salvation, eternal life because of what Jesus has done, I invite you to ask God to come into your life, to admit to him that you need him, and to ask him to come into your life. And ask him to help you as you move forward in this journey of faith. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you know, I, I know God personally and I've been there, but, but there have been some idols that have risen up in my life. You know, I have chosen to spend more time with my hobbies than I have with my God. I've chosen to spend more time and more energy and more effort in the pursuit of my career than I have in my pursuit of being like Jesus. And even good things like family and kids, I have chosen to put those as a bigger priority in my life than the priority of Christ. God says to just remove those idols and replace it with my love. Jesus promised that if we seek him first, everything else will fall into place. And I challenge you and encourage you to do that this morning. We're all a work 
in progress. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I pray that in these moments, Lord, that you would just speak to us. If there's anybody here today, God, that needs to cross that line of faith, I pray that they would invite you to come in and to, to, to save them and to bring them into a real relationship with you. And God, for the rest of us who um, have idols in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would help us to uproot those, to go a different direction, to do something different, Lord, and to replace them with our love and our affection for you. Lord, that you would be the one that we worship, that you would be the one true God that we give all that we are and all that we have, all of our thoughts, all of our hopes and dreams, we would give to you. Lord, help us to do that, even as early as right now. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, if you would take out your comment card, we have some next steps we want you to um, consider and to, to, to look at. On that comment card, about two-thirds of the way down, it says, my next step to grow spiritually. If you're here today and you put your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time, I want to encourage you to mark that. And, um, and in a minute, when the offering uh, bag is passed, if you would just put your comment card in there, everybody, if you would just drop your comment card in there. And, um, and if you did check that first one off, we have a gift we want to give you to help you on your journey. And, and the information kiosk in the lobby, if you just go out there and say, hey, I checked that first one, um, I, I accepted Christ today and have crossed that line of faith, then we have a gift we want to give you. And then the second one deals with kind of an application, a commitment um, based on what John tells us in 1 John 5. It says, I will strive to remove the idols in my life and replace them with real worship. Um, if, that's, if that's kind of where you are today and how you feel, I want to encourage you and challenge you to consider that and to, to let us know about that so we can pray for you, so we can encourage you. Um, you know, our prayer team gathers every single week to pray for you. Our staff gathers every morning to pray. And so we want to be able to encourage you in that journey. And so if you would, just let us know that by checking that box. And when the offering bag is passed, if you would place it in there. Um, I want to invite our men to come forward as we um, take up our offering this morning. And um, you see on the back side of your bulletin there, I don't want to draw too much attention to it, but um, last week was a, a rough week in the area of budget giving, and so I want to challenge you, encourage you um, to, to, um, to, to continue to be faithful and continue to give. Um, we believe that God has his greatest days for us yet, and so we're looking forward to continuing to do ministry, continuing to make a difference um, here in the gardens area and throughout Palm Beach County. So if you'd be area, faithful in the area of giving, that'd be a huge help. Um, would you join with me as I pray as we collect up our offering? Heavenly Father, God, Lord, thank you for who you are. God, as we enter this season um, of thanksgiving, God, I pray that we would just be mindful of all that you've given us, Lord, and just the, the opportunity you give us to give just a little bit back. And Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful with that. Lord, I pray that you would just multiply this for your honor and for your glory. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every year, we have an opportunity to, um, to partner with um, a ministry here, and especially as we talk about making a difference in our community and, and being able to serve and to help those who are in need. Um, and there's an there's a, there's a opportunity here in the north end of the county called the Big Heart Brigade, and we've had the privilege of being able to partner with them, um, and they provide um, 100,000 meals to people in our community. And we want you to, to have the opportunity to be involved again this year. So if you would, just turn your attention to the screen, and uh, we have a little bit we want to share about Big, Big Heart Brigade. <laughs> 